Welcome to our Friday podcast on the Psalms. God willing, these podcasts will be every Monday, Wednesday and Friday of the UK lockdown. They're intended to be some very simple devotional thoughts on the Psalms. Today we consider Psalm 2. It's a psalm that shows us a big picture. We see the attitude towards God, not of an individual, but of the nations, of, if you like, the world. And it is an attitude of hostility towards God. It is an example on a big scale of the ungodly, the wicked, mentioned in Psalm 1. In verses 1 to 3, we see the hostility of the nations towards God. There is plotting against God. In verse 1, we read the people's plot in vain. There are alliances against God. In verse 2, we read rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. And there is rebellion against God. In verse 3, we read that the nations want to walk out on God the Father and God the Son's rule. They say, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. This hostility is led from the top. Notice the titles, kings and rulers. So what is God's response? Firstly, as he watches their ways and listens to their words, in verse 4, he laughs. He who sits in the heavens laughs. Why does he laugh? He laughs at their foolishness because to try and blot out God, to try and blank out God, is like millions of midges coming together and trying to blot out the sun. Secondly, in verse 5, he rebukes them in their opposition to him. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury. And whilst all the nations are deserving of God's wrath, there is forbearance in this psalm. You see, in verses 6 to 9, we are introduced to God's anointed Jesus Christ. And in these verses, we see that he holds all power in heaven and on earth. And in that power could wipe them out in his judgment. But this is not where the psalm ends. In his forbearance, God gives the nations time to choose wisdom. In verse 10. He gives the nation opportunity to serve him reverently in verse 11. And he gives the nations opportunity to submit to his son's rule in verse 12. This psalm clearly shows that people left to themselves in their natural state are anti-God. This is what we would expect when we know that the consequences of sin entering into human nature means a polluted nature. Every part of a person's nature is polluted by sin, including the mind and the desires. As the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verse 7, For the mind that is set on flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. So whilst this psalm is clear what is deserved because of opposition to God, what is hinted at in these verses, forbearance, and is spout out clearly in other scriptures, is that God is merciful, gracious and forbearing. 
In God's grace there is redemption from sin, deliverance from judgment on sin, and there is a new bias for life given, a bias that becomes pro-God, not anti-God. In short, there is salvation from him. As I finish, this psalm spells out that God is a big God, who is more powerful than even the superpowers of this world. He is more powerful than anybody or anything. And the challenge for us is this, in our thinking is this, our God. Do we really believe he is more powerful than the nations? Do we really believe that he is more powerful than all that goes on in the world? Do we really believe he holds the nations accountable? I suspect that most of us fail to realise his greatness. And in the words of Martin Luther, your thoughts of God are too human. It is difficult, of course, not to think of God in a human way. And there is only one way to escape this problem. And that is to focus our thoughts on what God has chosen to reveal to us about himself in the scriptures. Join me Monday for Psalm 3.